Honest Money is proudly sponsored by Outsurance. Pets are like furry members of our families, but the honest truth is life can happen to them too, and expensive vet bills could catch you by surprise. Outsurance Pet Insurance gives you a safety net so that you can give your pet quality medical care while remaining financially stable. Protect your dogs and cats and your wallet by SMSing PET to 30165. Outsurance, you always get something out. Outsurance is a licensed insurer and FSP. T's, C's and limits apply. SMSs are free. Welcome to Honest Money. Today is going to be a really interesting show because we're, we're talking about, uh, about death, which is the, uh, the exact opposite of all the other things that we do in, in our discussions around financial freedom and, and growth. And, and the reason we're talking about death today is because we, we're talking about the importance of wills. And so I decided we needed someone who was expert on, on, on this topic. So w- welcome to George Robertson uh, from, from Galileo Advisory Services, who is a wills guru. Thanks, George. Thanks for being on the show. How's it, Warren? Thank you for the invitation. It's great to be part of it. So, so it's never a, um, uh, the most exciting topic to talk about uh, about the possibility of dying, but uh, but but I thought it was really important. You know, it's something that that maybe the the, the whole COVID crisis taught us was uh, you, you know life can happen to us, and it could be a car accident, it could be an illness, and even if we're young and healthy and exercising all the time, you know, there's no guarantee that that, that the unexpected do- doesn't happen. In fact, it happens to lots of people every day all around the world. So, so I just thought, you know, it's probably a good, a good uh, thing to discuss. And, and so, you know, from, from your perspective, George, what's the reason that we, we need a will? Yeah, Warren, the starting point is, is, is anybody who owns assets must prepare a will because you need a document to ensure that the assets would be distributed to the people that you nominate and that you want to bequeath your assets to. So I think the starting point is anybody should have a will. It is important if you have assets, you need a will. It doesn't have to be a house or a flat. You know, it doesn't have to be a movable property. It could also be cash or shares or any other movable property like a car. But if you own assets, you need a will. So, so let's just say, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I wish I was still 25, but let's just say I was 25 uh, and, and had a car and, um, you know, and, and was renting a flat and had some furniture and some, some stuff in the flat, uh, but, but I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't own the flat and I didn't own anything else. Uh, w- what happens to, to my stuff if I, if I die and I don't have a will? Problems, Warren. If you don't have a will, you've got a challenge because then you die intestate then there's different rules in terms of how your assets would be distributed to your family. You know, if you like the example that you use now, if you're unmarried and you don't have children, you know, then the benefit would be distributed in equal shares. All the assets that you have would be distributed in equal shares to your parents, for example. But you don't have an executor who can assist with the administration and the distribution of your assets. You know, so there's different rules if you die intestate, if you're married and you have children, You know, then your spouse and your children, if you have two children, for example, your spouse and your two kids would would each receive a third. So there's different rules in terms of how your assets would be distributed to your beneficiaries if you don't have a will. But the biggest challenge is you don't have a person or an organization to assist you with the administration and the distribution of those assets to your loved ones. So, so, so who actually gets involved then if, if I die without a will? Who, who's the person or the company or the organization that's actually sorting this all out then? 
What would typically happen, Warren, is um, you, for your family would approach the master of the high court and do applications to nominate people to or an organization to become the executor of your estate. So there's an administrative challenge and you've got to motivate that and you've got to submit your motivation to the master. And the master also has the authority in terms of the act to appoint an external executor. So the family typically approach the master, but there's a lot of extra work to be done and a lot of time delays if you have to go through that process. Uh, okay, so, so, so just let's just stop here for a second. So what you're saying is if I die without a will, then there is some government official that gets to decide what's going to happen with my stuff and who's going to sort it all out. Yeah, the government official has the authority to appoint a person to administer your estate. Jesus, so okay. The rules in terms of how to distribute it but the government official has the authority on. So that, that, that is a challenge and um, you know, not something that you should be comfortable with. Okay, so you, you're, gonna, you're saying it nicely as a challenge. I would say that's an absolute disaster to leave behind to your family. You know, if you are young and, and you die and you, this is now your parents' mess that they've got to try and sort out and start dealing with government departments and, and the like. And so, so the very short answer is uh, make, make sure you get a will because, because all you're doing is you're leaving behind a heck of a mess to, to, to everyone else if you don't have one. So, so from, from that perspective, uh, what's important to, to have in a will? You know, for, for example, you know, if, let, let's just say you're 28 and you've got a, a child. And, and I mean, I, I would guess to me, one of the most important things to put into the will is uh, what happens to your stuff. But more importantly, who, who looks after your child if, if let's say, you know, that the, the mom and the dad both pass away in a car accident um, and, and there are now children left behind. So I imagine that's quite an important thing to, to actually write down in a will and not just assume that people know what's going to happen. But, but if that's important, what, what, what else is there, George? So well, that's certainly important, Warren. Uh, you need to nominate the guardians uh, and you obviously need to discuss it with them uh, because they become the new parents of your children and you've got to nominate that in your will. But there's a couple of other things that's also important, of course, and that is to specify how your assets must be distributed. You know, certain clients or certain people feel that they would like to learn, leave certain assets to certain family members, like your cash portion to this person, your shares to that person. Other people feel that they just would like to take their whole estate and leave it in certain percentages. You know, like for example, I've got a, a spouse and a child and a brother and I would like to leave certain percentages to certain of my family members. And then obviously you can also do a combination between the two. So you need to specify in your will how you would like your assets to be distributed and to whom. The minor children are very important. Uh, and then it's, it's also very important to specify within the will that the benefit to the minor children, that's our children under the age of 18, must go to an existing trust or you need to create a testamentary trust because you can't give cash to a minor child. If you leave it to the child directly without making provision for a trust, then those funds must also go to a government. It must be paid into a government's fund, the guardian's fund, and then the new parents, the new guardians will have to apply for access to the funds for the maintenance and education needs of the minor children. No, no, no. That, that just sounds like another disaster. So in other words, uh, you know, you have to make proper, proper provision in, in your will and write the stuff down and make sure it's, it's clearly identified. Because again, you're just leaving behind more of a mess now to your children and also to the, to the new guardians of your of your children. So, so again, it's a, it's a critical point. Is there anything else that we need to, to, to have in a will that's, that's really important? 
Yeah, what's very important is the executor, Warren. You need to appoint the executor in the will. That's the person who's responsible to wind up the estate for the administration function, certain documents that needs to be submitted to the master of the high court, bank accounts needs to be opened. So there's a whole process. So you need to appoint the executor in your will as well. That's also very important. And then there's a couple of technical requirements that you've got to um, specify that you're exempt, your executor is exempt from security, and, and, and there's quite a few important legalese that needs to be in there. So, so let's just talk a little bit about this, this executor. So, so in, uh, in other words, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I've got my, my best mate, you know, uh, uh, John, who's, you know, he's a good guy and he's a, you know, he plays cricket for a living and, I, and he's happy, you know, I trust him, he's a nice guy. Is that the kind of guy I appoint as the executor of my estate? Yeah, Warren, our suggestion is that you need to appoint somebody that's got the necessary skills and experience in the administration of the state. Some people feel that they want to appoint family members or a friend. Some people feel that they want to do a professional organization or a professional person. And some people feel a combination between the two. We are in favor of appointing a combination. You know, if, if, if there's a spouse, for example, you can appoint the spouse with a professional person as co-executors of the estate. Uh, and then the person is also involved in the administration of the estate, but the professional can then assist the family member with the necessary administration function because the family member won't know how to do it and what to do. Okay. And All right. The point for me as well is, is, is it needs to be someone you trust or an organization that you trust. Okay, so, so my, my, my mate, the, the cricket player who I like, is probably not the best guy. And if it is, then, then at least make sure he's doing it alongside a professional as a co-executor, if, if that's the jargon. For sure, for sure. Okay, so, so uh, you know, I've, 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 I've gone shopping, uh, you know, back in the days when we used to be able to walk around shops without masks, and I would see wills and, and, and other legal documents at my local stationery shop. Uh, you know, is I mean, it's, it looked kind of cheap to me, a couple of hundred bucks or a couple of bucks. I can't even remember now. Uh, is is that a is that a good idea? Is that a bad idea? It's starting to sound to me like a, it's a bit too general for 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 what a will should be. Oh, Warren, no, you can't do that. That's a bad idea. Um, look, there's a lot of formalities uh, to prepare a will. You know, there's a, every page must be signed by the person preparing the will. It must be signed at the end of the document, not at the bottom of the last page where the writing stops or the typing stops. You need to have two independent witnesses being present in one another's presence and in the presence of the person signing the will. You need an original document. There's a lot of formalities. So if you go and buy it at a stationery shop, um, you know, there's a lot of risks associated to that. You can miss it and prepare this document and sign it and you might not even have a valid will. Okay, so so, uh, so you you made a few points there. I'd just like to touch on. So the, the most important one, for example, if I if I understand correctly, is if I'm leaving all my money to my wife, then she shouldn't be someone, for example, that's also a witness of that because she's now she's actually going to get money out of my estate, so she can't be an independent witness. I just I just want to make sure I'm understanding that correctly. Yeah, there's a there's a technical rule that you can be a witness and still be a beneficiary, but then you limit it in terms of what you should have inherited in terms of the interstate law. So it's very technical. So our recommendation to clients is just ensure that you use a total independent witness to prevent a problem. 
Okay, so someone who's not going to get any money out of this, they're just there, they're watching that you have signed this thing, and that's all that that's all the obligation is. It's not like you're now forcing a legal obligation. They're just sitting there looking at it and saying, I saw I saw Warren, he did sign this, he wasn't drunk, you know, and and, and he's on his way. Is, is that sort of the, the, the short summary? That's the short summary, Warren. And what we also suggest is that they do a, that you complete a proper witness page because sometimes the master of the high court asks, you know, who were the witnesses? So we complete a witness page confirming the identity, the name and the ID number and the address of the witness as well. Okay, all right. Uh, that, that's um, it's important to know. So, so it's starting to sound to me like it's not. Um, it's important to get a will. Uh, a very simple will is possible, but but then you've got to make sure that all the the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, and that 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 you know you've checked everything that needs to be checked because getting it wrong c- could mean that even though you thought you've had, you've got a will, you actually don't have a will. Is that sort of a good summary? For sure, Warren. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of technicalities and formalities that needs to be present. So ensure that you involve a professional person or a professional organization that you can tick all the boxes. Okay. All right. Great. So, so if I am, um, if I were to think this through now, uh, the, the, some of the things that, that are important then are make sure that if you've got a will, you've got a good idea of all the things that you own, that those are covered in the will. If you've got children, that you, you make sure that you've actually identified who are, who's going to look after your children and it's written down. Um, and, and then also importantly that, uh, you know, a lot of people forget this, but, uh, but, but you've got to go and speak to the people that you've, you've decided to, to, to look after your children. Because uh, I, I know a lot of the time people just say, you know, especially if you, let's say, a 28-year-old uh, and you've got, you've got young children, you would say, oh, it's fine. My, my, my own parents can look after them. In other words, the children's grandparents. And, and I always think that's kind of a disaster because actually uh, th- that means that when your kids are teenagers, uh, you know, they're being looked after by someone who's maybe in their 60s or 70s. So now you've got two generation gaps and, and no one's going to be happy about that. And so just sort of without thinking, just identifying that if you're young and you've got young children, that your parents are the right person to look after your, your kids is not necessarily a good idea. My, my suggestion is trying to find trustworthy you know, people that are of a similar age to you so that at least you know, the, the, your, your kids are not trying to deal with a completely different uh, new generation as well. Uh, and, and so that's, a, for me, a really critical thing that a lot of people overlook in their, in their will. And then I think also just, you know, as you build up more assets, don't don't think that the will that you had drafted when you were 25 or 28 is going to be applicable when you're 38 or 45 because life changes. And I think, you know, it's important to to review that as major things happen in your life. But but if nothing really has changed too much, then make sure you, you look at your will uh, fairly regularly. And, and, and so, so, George, what's fairly regularly? Is it, you know, every year or every second year? Oh, Warren, we, we suggest to look at it yearly, you know, put in a, a calendar reminder to look at it every year and then, you know, you can make sure that it's updated, but then don't wait a year when there's big changes in your family, you know, when somebody passed away that you've mentioned there, when you have children or when you get married, then you need to change it immediately or prepare a new one immediately. But our suggestion is just have a quick squiz at it once a year. Yeah, and I think, you know, you, you mentioned marriage, and I guess the, the opposite of that is, you know, if you get divorced, make sure you change your will as well. I've seen a few of those disasters where people forget uh, that, that they, you know, they've nominated their wife, but actually, you know, they, they get divorced, and so the ex-wife now gets all the money, and that wasn't the intent. 
so, uh, so I think yeah, you're right. Marriage, but the opposite of that as well, is, is equally important and you know, tough to talk about, but but it's an important one. So, so George, uh, uh, just in terms of the kinds of people that, or the organisations and the like that that draft wills, I'm, I'm just guessing. But but if I if I if I lose somebody or miss somebody out on, on this list, just let me know. So so typically that would be uh, you know uh, lawyers or accountants. Um, would be the main sort of groups of professionals that, that would deal with this. I know, for example, you can do it uh, through a bank. Uh, I have a particular view on banks. I'm not going to ask you to, to comment on that, but my view is um, it's really tough, you, you, know, to, you know, if your bank can do a will for you, sure, they might offer, offer to do it for free, but the likelihood is that they're going to charge your estate quite a lot of money. They, they won't negotiate fees on that. And then secondly, you've now got a bank bureaucracy dealing with a government bureaucracy, you know, the master's office, to try and resolve your estate. And it already takes a long time to get everything through the government bureaucracy. And if you need a bank now to be efficient on your behalf, I, I always think that that's quite a tricky a tricky thing to rely on. So, so I don't necessarily believe a free will uh, from a bank is a cheap will. So, so just be careful on that. I'm not, but, but George, I won't put you on the spot with that one. Are, are, are there any other kinds of organizations or, or, or bodies or individuals that are, that are good to look at with wills? Yeah, Warren, my, my, as, as an attorney, my opinion might be subjective, but, um, you know, so my suggestion, yeah, as you've summarized, is, is to go to somebody that you trust, to a professional person or organization, somebody that has the necessary skills to administer estates. Um, you know, they need to have a track record. They need to have systems in place and contacts and, and, and PO boxes, which is master office boxes, to, to ensure that the estate can be administered quickly and efficiently. Uh, but there's there's also online organizations. You know, you can you can you can go to an organization and prepare an online will. But the starting point is it has to be somebody with a track record and with the necessary skills to ensure that they can do a proper job. Okay, great. So, so um, what I appreciate about this conversation, George, is you've you've resisted the temptation to to talk about yourself, which is great. Thank you. And and so I'll just do a little bit of that for you. So 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 I must uh, I must say for full disclosure, in case anybody uh, gets upset with us, George and and I um, are, are in a business like this. So we've got a thing called Galileo Wills, uh, which does this and does it properly. So so that's certainly one of the options, but not by by no means the only option. But it, but if you're interested, go have a look at Galileo Wills to. To get an idea of how this can work, but but as I said, you know, if that's not the deal, go go and look at uh, talk to a, a lawyer, for example, who you know who's got experience in in, in dealing with wills. Don't, don't leave it for free, uh, you know, at a, at a bank. I just don't think it's a good idea. And and I know the lawyers always get upset because they say the accountants don't really really understand the law, but but definitely there are some good accountants out there that understand wills as well, and that might also be an option if you've got a, a trusted relationship with a good accountant that's got experience in this. But don't don't rely on the accountant that does tax law and has never looked at a, a wall in their life before, that's, that's no good either. So I think experience is important, but, uh, but, but, uh, but by no means uh, specific just to the lawyers, even though I know the lawyers think they're the only ones that can do these. Uh, so, so, George, uh, thanks so much for, for, for being on the show. I think that was really informative and, and certainly an eye-opener for me. You know, I keep, I keep forgetting about this stuff and I know it's something we should look at every year. It just reminded me I need to sit with my wife this weekend and sort this out. So, so thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Warren. It was a privilege. Thank you very much for the invitation. Honest Money was proudly brought to you by Outsurance. With Outsurance Pet Insurance, you can keep your finances in check without having to compromise on your furry friend's medical care. 
Choose between three plans that cover accidents, illness, vet visits, routine care, as well as extras catered specifically to your pet's needs. To get quality, affordable insurance for your dogs and cats, SMS PET to 30165. That's PET to 30165. Outsurance. You always get something out. Outsurance is a licensed insurer and FSP. T's, C's and limits apply. SMSs are free.